when Ants asked me to come and share on Father's Day, um, um, being working as a father's facilitators in Manirua, um by, by means there's no way um, uh, qualifies me to speak uh, on Father's Day. Um, but that's just a disclaimer. Uh, so, um, but I, I, I think for the op- I think uh, and for the opportunity to speak uh, on fa- um, on Father's Day, and I work with a lot of fathers. I work with many fathers um, uh, with the program that I run. It's called Fathers for Families, and um, one of the the whakatoki that I share um, in Fathers for Families um, is no tiraro maku and that means uh, with my basket and your basket everybody is fed with my knowledge and your knowledge um, everybody succeeds so when people come to the table or when people come to the group um, they come and they contribute to to the conversation when people start to contribute to the conversation um, you get a lot of gold and uh, uh, real gold nuggets that come out of the conversations and I'm, I'm privileged to sit in, sit in that space when it comes to um, sharing knowledge because uh, each of us as fathers, um, we, work, we walk different journeys. Um, so, Father's Day. So I know that uh, uh, there's only a couple of us in here that are fathers. Um, so how do I talk about this on Father's Day? Um, the most original uh, title that I could come up with was um, Father's Day. <laughs> so if you want a title for, for this, uh, today is Father's Day. Um, so when it comes to fathers, uh, when it... Uh, I'd like to reflect on my, my own father. Um, so uh, feel free to reflect on your own, own father and how your father was when, when you guys were growing up. And um, I understand that we're in uh, different places, different positions when it comes to fatherhood. Um, and uh, when we were growing up as kids, some, some fathers in our group, um, they, they were brought up by their grandparents or they were brought up by their auntie or they were brought up just by their mum, single, single mum. So um, to those who are single mums, happy Father's Day, mum. Uh, but in saying that, I'm going to be uh, reflecting on my father and, um, uh, and him uh, growing up. That's my father right there. Uh, <laughs> that's me, uh, believe it or not. That was... <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's my father. So when you look at my father's faith, uh, face, um, I actually, yeah, uh, so that's, my, that's, that's me, t- uh, the tall one, and that's my younger brother, um, Yun Tonga. <laughs> so, uh, like Anne said, it looks like my sister. Actually, we actually looked like twins growing up. So um, uh, me and my sister would always go, are you guys twins? And I, no, I'm older than my, my sister. Um, so... We had to be, we had to, I grew up accustomed to that face right there. It was just straight up and down, uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to look for a face that he was smiling. Um, it was really, really hard. <laughs> so this is one uh, that I've, I've chosen. Um, so my, that's my father there, uh, growing accustomed to, to that look. He was a straight up and down man. Um, but I'd like to share about some of the, um, uh, the, the positive things that my father um, did as a father. And... Um, when I started doing this uh, and started to reflect on my, my own dad and how he, he brought us up, I always leaned to a lot of negative things that my father had done. And um, I'm going to tell you this, that we all make mistakes. And um, my, my dad isn't any different. So um, some, of the, uh, some of the things that have come up, and you know, when you see your dad in a different light, man, he becomes your hero most definitely. So provider, he was an awesome provider. He, he, um, he used to walk. Uh, from East Tamaki all the way to Penrose. Um, if, if for those of you who don't know um, uh, the, 
how far that is if you're in Auckland. Um, it's actually walking from Hamilton to Auckland. No, it's not. But, <laughs> but that's an exaggeration. So when you're a kid, you're sort of like, man, that's a long-ass walk. And, but he, it, is, it, is, it is quite far. Uh, so he used to walk from his tamaki to, um, to his work. Um, and then he upgraded to a bike, so he got a bike, and he would bike. And you know those pedals where it had those, like, it wasn't really spiky, but it was, like, rigid. Bro, those, <laughs> those were so bad, man, uh, trying to ride it as a kid. So my, and, then, and then my dad upgraded from um, a bike to a car, and he would, um, so he was a real great provider, um, hard worker. Um, not only um, he's, he, he came back from work, but he also, as soon as he got home, he was outside in the garden. He loved to do gardens. Um, he, he loved to do a lot of uh, outside work. So he was never caught um, coming home and going, uh, plonking himself and going, oh, like I do today. Oh, what a hard day at work. And only, I only sit in the office. Oh, <laughs> oh, that computer. Oh, just let me rest, babe. I can't do the dishes at the moment. <laughs> but my dad, biking. From, from Penrose here to, to home and then, and then working outside in the gardens doing, the only time he came inside was to watch the news at six o'clock and then he's back out there and watering his gardens. So that's, that, was my, um, that was my father and if you guys were reflecting on your own father doing that, you know, he, your dad was awesome, a real, a real workhorse. Um, he was also a DIY master and this is my actions to his DIY. Oh my God. <laughs> So my father used to do a lot of DIY around the house, uh, and I'm going, wow. He says, oh, I'm going to build this real awesome fence, real massive. Yeah, um, he was hammering away at tin, uh, a tin fence, so a tin fence right, right around our, our house. It was real DIY. Um, he says, hey, I'm going to build our outside, um, outside shower. And uh, yeah, it was a hose connected, and then there was just, uh, it was just a tin around, and he says, oh, go outside and have a shower. <laughs> yeah, those, those, those were his uh, DIYs. He was a DIY master. Um, unlike today, you know, we've got YouTube and we can still like, go up YouTube or call a friend, hey, how do you do this? Um, and you end up still watching it up. <laughs> uh, uh, he was a protector. Uh, we, went, we, went to, uh, we went to school. Uh, oh, we went to um, take my, my, do- uh, my sister, my daughter, my father took my, um, my sister to the hospital because she had a real bad asthma attack. It was um, real bad. And uh, the doctor said, um, if she has another asthma attack, she'll surely die. Um, we came home, and uh, my dad ripped up every carpet in the house. He chucked it outside, and he, um, he wiped the walls, wiped the ceilings uh, to the walls all the way to the floor. And... Um, he went to start smoking outside. My dad was a heavy smoker, and he smoked outside. The whole house was spotless. There was no carpet. There was no dust. Um, and that there uh, was a point where I saw how much our dad really, truly loved us. Um, I, I love that about him. Uh, he, he was expressive when it, um, about his love when it came to his actions. Uh, so when it came to his actions, my dad did it, man. He did it all. He didn't say it, but he did it. The only time, uh, the, the, the time that he started saying it, and um, it caught me off guard because I never hear my dad say it. So we were um, FaceTiming. Um, he was over in New Year, and I said, we're having a conversation. Oh, yeah, no, everyone's good. Everyone's choice. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, yeah, dad. Da, da. Okay, dad, uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, I better go. Um, I love you. 
And then he goes, love you too, son. And I straight away, I just, boom, I just pulled my eyes out. And I turned the, so he can't see the camera. And he goes, hey, where you going? And I'm going, you silly old man, you don't say things like that. You don't say things like, I love you. And, um, but the power that it had for me and the validation when I knew that my dad loved us, I knew that my dad loved me, but actually hearing it for the first time was validation enough for me, man. It was just like, oh my gosh, what a, what a place to be in, hearing my dad say that he loves me. Um, I tell my kids I love them every day, man. Um, yeah, uh, he was a server. Uh, he loved to serve. I grew up in the PIC, and um, he, he, served the, he served in the PIC church. Um, he would go in there and he would clean, uh, clean the church out. Uh, he was a contract cleaner, so he'll be cleaning the church out. Um, he'll go to the manse that's connected to the church. The manse is, is the house where the minister lives in. So he'll go and clean that out, uh, clean that. Um, so he was always serving in, 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 that, uh, in that space. Um, he was a giver. Uh, he, loved, he loved to give. Um, he loved to... Uh, so when we put down a hangi or umu, when it comes to Easter or when it, when it comes to New Year's or Christmas or any big celebrations, he'll always put down um, more uh, than normal. Like he'll put down a heap, of, a heap, heap, heap load of, you know, of, of food. And um, I would always go, man, Dad, that's too much. Um, you know, it was way too much for us. Um, therefore, that's how I got this. You know what <laughs> <laughs> so I, I um, he he put out four he put out five baskets, and those five baskets um, he'll divvy out the food, and then he'll have um, and have the food that was left over was for us. Uh, the five baskets went to um, our four neighbours, so they had each a uh, basket of food, and um, my dad would always do that, uh, you know. And I, I I I thought to myself, man, that's awesome, you know. And the um, it was reciprocal. Uh, if the neighbours get something, they, uh, get something from us, um, they'll bring their food over and give it to us. So it became a reciprocal thing. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't expect it. It just, it just happened. And I loved my, uh, the way my dad did that. And I said to myself, one day I'm going to do that. Yeah, one day, <laughs> one day. <laughs> um, and he was loyal. Uh, he was a loyal man. Um, you know, uh, if you look, you look at the. You look at his face. How handsome is that? You know, what, what woman wouldn't want that? You know? <laughs> but he was loyal to my to my mum, uh, to my late mum who has, uh, passed away. Um, love her very much. But he was very very loyal to to my mum. Um, that that um, there is is the face that we grew accustomed to. Um, and I was searching high and low for a, a photo um, of a, of my dad smiling. Okay, and I called up my sister in Australia. Hey, do you have a dad, um, a, a dad picture? That, uh, he's smiling in the picture. Have you got? He's like, oh, hang on, I have a look. And she's shuffling around, and she goes, Oh, I can't find any. Oh, here's one. Oh no, that's not a good one. And it's my, so it was really hard to find a, a photo with my dad smiling. But here we go. <laughs> that's him. Um, yeah, I tower over him. Um, I'm a big softy man. Uh, my dad's my hero. He was. Uh, the best, the best uh, grandfather ever. You know, uh, he grew up, uh, you know, when it came to um, his grandkids, they, they, they can't do anything wrong. You know, um, you, you take your kids over and they go, 
And my dad goes, oh, what have you been feeding them? Look at them, they're starving. And I'm going, they just had McDonald's, <laughs> you know? And he's trying to find excuses to feed them. And says, don't, you did that to me, remember? Uh, so <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, but my dad was a loving grandfather, and um, I, I love him for, and I remember one time when my um, daughter was born, and he started to go, um, you know, son, you need to do this, you need to do that. You know, and I was going, Dad, stop right there. And he says, you had your chance of being a father with me. And he says, this is my chance with my daughter. And, um, you know, I was scared of my dad, but that was, like, probably the, scared, uh, the most scared I've ever been. And <laughs> I was expecting a slap on the head. And he goes, no, 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 boy, you listen to me. But uh, no, it wasn't. He just gave me a smile. And um, so he's an awesome grandfather, and he's a really good dad. Um, looking, looking at what he had done uh, for us as kids, he is really awesome. Um, you know, he made a lot of mistakes as well. Um, I've made many mistakes in my life and uh, being a father. Uh, there's me, the most important one in the front, driving. Um, there goes my dad at the back, and there goes two spoiled um, kids there, over there. Um, <laughs> so this, this, this is my family. Um, uh, this is my wife holding, holding our youngest. Uh, she's 17 months, give or take. You know, I always have, always have to go to my wife, uh, 17 months. And says, how old is Maya? Is she 16? What about, you know, those birthday ones, eh? you have to go to your trying. Yeah, real bad, man. So this is my family. Um, I made uh, many, many mistakes growing up as a father. Uh, when I became a father, I... I I said, I'm going to be the best father ever. I'm never going to make the mistakes my dad made on, uh, with, with us. Um, I'm going to be better than my dad. Better than my dad. Um, so I tried to justify what better looked like. And uh, when it came to discipline, it wasn't as bad as what my, what my dad dished out. and says, I don't know why they're crying for, you know. You know, what? it says, oh, it's not as bad as... Uh, um, as a kick up the bum, you know, uh, you know, just you, you try to justify um, reasons why, as to why uh, you do the things you do. It's not as bad as what my dad did, but actually, it is just as equal, equally as bad. And I came to realise that when it came to my son. So uh, I disciplined my son um, uh, quite often. And then one one time I was in bed, and I was I was um, sleeping, and I dreamed, I dreamed of a of a. I dreamt of a, of a lion, and this big lion was in front of me, and, uh, and uh, in, this, in this dream I said, I'm going to kill this lion, I'm going to kill it like Samson, you know, and then I'll grab the lion and I'll, I'll start um, to tackle it to, at the mouth and try to stretch the mouth open, and, the, and I was wrestling with this lion, and this lion whimpered, and it whimpered, Dad, and I instantly woke up and I bawled my eyes out. <clears throat> I cried, it was a deep groan was a deep groan because I knew I was making, I was making mistakes as a father um, with my son. Uh, that morning, I made me a coffee, I made him a hot chocolate, and I said to him, son, um, can I talk with you? Before he even stepped into the kitchen, he was already in tears, thinking that he was going to get told off again. And I said, no, son, um, you're, not, you're, you're not in trouble. Um, there's nothing wrong. Uh, just come sit down, have a hot chocolate. And I, I continued and I asked my son for forgiveness for what I did, for what I thought was, was right, which actually wasn't. And 
I was killing the lion of my son. Killing the lion of my son. Killing his courage. Killing his pride. Killing his self-esteem. I did that. And I sat down with him and I said, son, I am so, so sorry for what I have done with you. And says, I promise that I'll be a better dad um, from now on. And I'll never, ever discipline you ever again. You know what? There is, no, there is no such thing as a lot of love, but there is such thing as too much, too much violence. So uh, when, I, when, it came to, when it came to my son um, receiving this, he said to me, it's okay, Dad, I love you. That broke me, that broke me big time. If, if the dream didn't break me, this broke me right, now, uh, right there and then when he said it, it's okay, I love you. Um, or was it at that point, or was it at that point in my life in fatherhood um, that I started to change the way I did fathering? So the older two, uh, the older two um, have seen the worst of me. Uh, the younger two, um, especially this boy here, uh, that little boy in the middle, uh, he's, he's never seen uh, me angry in his life. He's never seen me um, lose, lose my nut. You know, uh, he, uh, he there uh, thrives. Um, he succeeds in life. He's confident. Um, he's, uh, you know, if he does a mistake, he calls me up on the phone and goes, Dad, I broke a window. And you hear the older two going, oh, you're going to get in trouble now. <laughs> and I, but, you know, he, he's, he's never going to get in trouble. And I says, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, and then we sit down and we talk about it. And he becomes resilient as to finding solutions as to not, do, not to do it again. And I, I love that. So my son, um, he's, quite, he's quite resilient and he's, um, he's finding resolve when it comes to mistakes. Um, but, yeah, love them very much. Uh, you know, my son's a big unit now, and he, comes, he, he, he can come at the back of me, give me a bear hug, kiss me on the cheek, and say, love you, Dad. And I go, oh, I love you too, son. You know, and he, he does it more often to, to mum than anything else. Um, but, that's, um, but that's my family, man. Uh, love, love them very much. Um, never miss a day w without telling them that I love them. Um, oh. oh, so many years uh, went past, and this is what I, um, this is, uh, what I found um, in the bookstore. And it's, oh, gee, yeah, there we go. This is what I found in the bookstore, Killing Lions. And this is actually a, a, a book about uh, teenage males, um, uh, teen males go, never, trying to navigate through uh, their life as a teenager. So that there was just really going, hey, did somebody write a book about my dream? It says, you know, it's, that's copyright, man. <laughs> no, but that's it right there. Um, God can speak through dreams, um, but uh, he can also uh, speak to somebody else and write a book about it. But that's awesome, man. So I, um, I took a photo of that, and I put it back on the shelf. Because <laughs> that's what we do these days, you know? <laughs> we take a photo of something and put it back. Put some shoes on, take a photo, look at my brand new shoes, put it back. <laughs> So whenever, whenever you uh, um, come across this book, yeah, take a photo of it. it, it it's a good, good title. <laughs> yeah. So th this comes, this, uh, um, I'm going to uh, uh, talk about uh, an, another father, and this is a father that um, Jesus describes in the Bible. Um, this is a father that um, we know very well. 
and it's our Father God. It's our Papa God, it's our Daddy God. This is the Father that I'll be um, talking about today. So uh, when it comes to the, the parable, it's going to be the parable of the lost son. Um, so this parable follows, uh, follows two parables, and that's uh, the lost coin and the lost sheep. And um, in context, um, he's around sinners, uh, he's around tax collectors, I won't say sinners, tax collectors and, um, and, and, and prostitutes, and they come to listen to this word. Um, how beautiful was seeing that, you know, you come listen to the word of God, you know, and, and there's tax collectors and, and um, other, other uh, yeah, other jobs, <laughs> other people who, yeah, so, and then also, uh, there, there's also, um, there's, there's also the Pharisees and, and, um, and the, oh, I better read it. I'm going to read it, guys. So at the beginning, now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Um, uh, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, uh, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them, uh, told them this parable. So when it comes to this, when it comes to this story, and he's trying to, uh, he's uh, relays to God's love. So he's not only speaking to to Pharisees, but he's also speaking to uh, also the tax collectors and the sinners that are gathered around uh, eating. So there, he's talking to two to two people. Man, he's an awesome storyteller. Man, if you're uh, like I can never um, tell stories like this. Like it's it's just powerful. So he, he goes on to talk through these parables, these two parables, and it's, um, it's something that's, uh, he talks about something that's, that's going to happen in the future. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit when it comes to um, these parables. So he talks about the, the lost sheep, talks about the lost coin, and he's gonna, this is where I want to start, uh, the parable of the lost son. So when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the Pharisees, we see them as um, a religious uh, religious. Um, uh, people and when it comes to religious people like the Pharisees um, they start to fault find oh look he's talking to tax collectors and all that so Jesus thought ah okay I'm going to talk talk to you but not only talk to you I'm going to be talking to these tax collectors and sinners that have gathered so Jesus continued this is the parable of the lost son Uh, there was a man who had two sons the younger one said to his father father give me my share of the estate so he divided his property between them. Um, not long after, so when it comes to uh, inheritance, um, you're, you're usually waiting uh, for somebody to pass, and then the inheritance gets passed down to you. So, uh, um, so you're basically waiting for them to die. It's a, it's a bit um, death inheritance. That's powerful because uh, death in our, in our position right now came through Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins. Our inheritance is God. Man, ah, that's awesome. Um, so, um, so he divided the, his property between them. Um, not long after that, not long after that, uh, the youngest son got together all, um, all he had, set off to a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Man, you know, not long after. You know, he couldn't wait to get out of that place. He couldn't wait to get out of his father's house. And, and so, and he went there and he squandered everything. Get out of here. You know, I would, I would have invested it. I would have bought another house in Auckland. Oh, man. I would have been set for life if I bought it in money. There <laughs> the price of houses and money, there was awesome. Uh, anyway, um, 
After he had, he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So they say now he's in a position of need. He's never been in need before. He was always, he was always in the Father's house. Why would he need anything? His was already there. Uh, his provision, the provision of the Father's um, house was there. Anything was, that was in the cupboard was there. Um, who, uh, who here has children and they have, uh, they're comfortable in, in, the, uh, in your house? They come in, the first thing they do, look in the fridge, they look in the cupboards and they start eating away. You know, they're in, they're in their father's house. They, you know, they're comfortable, they're at peace. You know, they're, they're, they're free to do whatever they want. They're, they're allowed to make mistakes. Are they? Okay. Uh, so after he had spent everything, there was a severe uh, famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. Uh, so he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country um, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Now, what can be, what can be lower than an Israelite, a Jew, going into another country and feeding pigs? That's not kosher. <laughs> yeah. That's not kosher. So he was feeding pigs. Can you go any lower than that? Yes, you can. You're wanting the, you're wanting the pig's food. So this is what happens. So he longed for... Um, to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. Man, the thought of it, the thought of it, um, um, not only feeding pigs, oh, that's low, but uh, wanting to eat what the pigs eat, that's even lower. Uh, but no one gave him anything. Why, did, why, why didn't they uh, give, give him anything? Because he was lower than the pig. The pigs needed the food more than, um, more, more than, uh, they, than him. And it says to them, he needed, he, he's not going to have the pig's feed. And says, it's all going to go onto the pig. Don't you touch it, boy. That food belongs to the pigs. So, you know, oh, gee. Just imagine being in that space. When he came to his senses, <laughs> I would have came to my senses many, many, like a long time ago. I wouldn't even go. I would have just went, nah, I'm just going back home. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, you know, who, who goes back home and they start rehearsing? Oh, you know, that. Oh, so I'll carry on. Um, so he came to his senses. He said, um, how many of my father's um, hired servants have food to spare? And when I am starving, um, and here I am starving to death. And says, I'll set out and go back to my father and say to him. And this is him trying to rehearse it. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to, yeah. How would you, would you say it like that? <laughs> I'm trying to be an actor right now. Please, Father, <laughs> give me some food now. So he goes, um, he starts rehearsing. Uh, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up. And he went to his father. Um, mind you, this is, this is all being rehearsed by him. And then he goes, but, a while, uh, but, a while, he, uh, but while he was uh, still a long way off, his father saw him and, his, and it was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his uh, arms around him and kissed him. Wow. That's awesome, eh? So when the father saw him, uh, the father saw him from a distance. So the house must have been on a hill because it's a long way off. The father saw him, was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around his son and kissed him. 
The son said to him, you know, son said to him, oh, father, <laughs> no. The son said to him, um, where am I? He threw his, arms, uh, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your, to be called your son. So regardless of what, what the father did, despite, of, despite the father running to him, despite the father throwing his arms around him, despite the father kissing him, you know, and showing all this love, the son still continues to say what he rehearsed. And he goes, like, he, did, he didn't understand that this was, this was, um, this was the love of, of his father. He says, but the father uh, said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it, on, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. If running to him, throwing his arms around his son and kissing him wasn't validation enough for him to be here, and then the son starts rehearsing these lines, the father needed to validate it a bit more. Put a, put a robe on my son, quickly. Put sandals on his feet, quickly. Put a ring on his finger. All of these are symbolic, by the way, but this one here, when all these three things were on him, that was validation for the son. Um, when we come to a place where we feel unworthy, sometimes we, we, we lose sight of our Father seeing us from a distance. Sometimes we lose sight of, of, of our Father throwing our arms around Him. And the only validation we can really think of is um, something materialistic, you know? But the Father quickly validated, uh, validated that and says, quick, put a robe and, and sandals and, and a ring on Him. It's the family crest. Um, he's validated. It says, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Uh, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So began to celebrate. They began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. What's he doing in the field? He's working. He's working for his father. Uh, that's what he does he, when he's in the father's house. He's doing a lot of work. He's, he's, he's trying to validate what he does in, in the house. So he works in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what is going on? And then the servant goes, uh, you know your brother? Um, your brother's come. He's come back. Uh, and your father has killed the fattened calf, bro. Well, I didn't say bro. I said, you can't, you your father has killed the fattened calf because he has um, because he has him back and safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded him and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, "Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders." So he's starting to validate why, um, you know validate himself as a son yet he never gave me a, a, even a young goat he's trying to be humble in front, of his, uh, in front of his father saying he's not even asking for a fattened calf but yet he gave this son of a you know he's trying to um, preach his own 
his own righteousness, his own, um, his own humbleness. You, know, you, you never gave me a, even a young goat so I, cel- uh, so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you killed a fattened calf for him? And another validation, this is where uh, father validates his son. He goes, my son, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we, had, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You know, uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to God, when it comes to grace, God's grace through the blood of Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And like the son coming home and resting in the arms of his father, you know, the son working out on the field and being validated, son, everything that I have is yours. Um, when it comes to God's grace, it's unearned, undeserved, unmerited. Both sons were looking at their own righteousness. Both sons. You know, I'm, I'm unworthy. They start, to, they start to validate who they are within their own selves. But let me tell you, God validated, their father validated them. It's not their self-righteousness, it's God's righteousness. And it's the righteousness uh, through the blood of Jesus. So when it comes to validation, don't ever let other people's problems validate where you are in life. Don't ever let negative uh, comments validate who you are in Christ. The only validation we need is God's validation. It's our father. You know, hold on to the promises of, of God. Um, there's uh, promises that, uh, that Anne said to today, you know. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Man, what a validation right there, you know. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. What a validation that is, you know. Promises of God. You know, uh, the plans I have for you are good. Not of evil. See, why, why did he put not of evil? He needed, to tell, he needed to tell his sons and daughters that he's not, the plans are good, not of evil. You know, late in the midnight hour, God turns it around and it works in your favor. He says, everything that he does is good. And then you start to hear things and, and, uh, that, that come out in COVID. Oh, it's because God is angry with us. Nah, you know, he turns it around and does it for good. God validates you. Amen.